Welcome, guys. Hello. Back to the Talkaholics podcast. We got a really, really special episode today, and she's nervous. So we're really <laughs> I'm not nervous. I'm just <laughs> laughing. I'm trying not to laugh out loud. <laughs> um, well, yeah, just as regular, it's Razia here. and Anyone. Yeah, and we got ourselves a very special guest, yes. a long-time friend of both of ours, way back in high school, yeah, no. um, who recently, through her public health master's program, went on a very cool solo trip to the home of the Pride Rock, Lion King. What's up? Yeah. Kenya. <laughs> I like the way you put that. Yeah, so man. Cool. She went all the way to Kenya, and uh, we wanted to welcome her to the Talk Ox podcast. Yes, woo. We'll edit in applause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we just wanted to, like, firstly... Welcome to the podcast, but also like before we get right into Kenya and like talk about the, all yeah. the details, just give us some background as to how like that opportunity even started. Like, how the hell did Kenya even begin? Sure. Well, thanks so much, guys. I'm like Loki, so honored to be here because your <laughs> podcast is so cool. Um, how did it happen? So through my program, there, we have to do like a practicum, so kind of like a co-op for two terms. So like the first one I did, had done in Toronto in my first year and the second year I kind of had my eye out for this opportunity for a while so like I knew there was one that was open in the summer and like I don't know I just really wanted to kind of experience that and I knew that the skills that I could get in public health were really good too so I kept my eye out for it for a bit literally just went to like the orientations like applied for it like went for the interview and then the interview went really well and then I was like okay like now I need to sort things out and then it kind of just happened like really quickly within like a month. Like, I think I interviewed in February, and then they were like, okay, you're leaving in May. Crazy. And I was like, all right, Crazy. now I got to tell my parents. <laughs> like, <"Let's laughs> more. The biggest hurdle of all, right? But yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, and just like backtracker a little bit. I remember when I first told you, I was like, Miman and I want you on the podcast. You're like, Mama, I made it. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like, I made it. Iman and Razia's podcast? Oh my god, I don't need And First of all, we met Rizana together. Yeah. I made it on oh, your yeah. podcast. My life is made in 2019. Yeah, she was like, Can you guys? She's ready. She's I'm done. Sad. She's like finished her bucket list. Year. <laughs> no. 2019 was your year, my Halfway friend. thanks to Razia, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, please. So just, so that's really cool, like how quickly mm-hmm. it happened. And I remember like every step of the way, like all that panic mm-hmm. and drama that happened beforehand. But why were you, <laughs> the drama, the lovely drama. Um, but why were you guys there in the first place? Because given that like you have a public health background, mm-hmm. healthcare policies and things like that, why was Kenya the de- destination? So it's weird because the program, it's called Queen Elizabeth Scholarship. So the destination is not only Kenya. Um, I would probably recommend even anyone listening to like keep out for that name. It's mm. discontinued at U of T, but I think it happens at like York and stuff too. So it's interesting because it wasn't only people in my master's program that were on this internship. It was always it was also like undergraduate students or master's students from like other programs. Right. It was basically just kind of like I think the goal was to like enhance like scientific research. Mm-hmm. So anybody from U of T could apply, and there was different placements. So there was like one in India. I think there was one in South Africa, one in Rwanda, but I think the one in Kenya was more specific to public health. Mm. So I kind of just obviously applied for that one. Um, yeah. 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 That's cool. What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> I just, basically, why were you guys there? Oh, yeah, like, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I was that's there. So basically, <laughs> this, so it was a tie with... Um, University of China, University of Nairobi. So, like, everyone had a different project. Yeah. So, some people were doing a lot of work, a lot of research within, like, genetic testing. Okay. And then my friend and I got, like, really lucky lucky because we were actually placed um, at, a, at, like, this health center called the Fragile okay. Cancer Support Trust. So, like, whereas a lot of my friends were, like, doing remote work from home, like, we got an opportunity to be at this place every day. Wow. Which was fun because we got to actually, like, interact with people and, like, learn so much and, like, mm. 
just see things like on the front line. So it was right. fun. Right. So. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. like, and I, we were both thinking about this because like, again, Kenya being such a different destination than like what people typically do for co-op or even in their academic studies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once you got there, given like what you knew about Kenya or what, like most of us know about Kenya on the surface level, like what was your first impression of it, given that it's your first time and stuff? I, I, like when I landed, it was my yeah. first impression. Yeah. Okay, so um, a little bit of background. Before I went on this trip, I had never left North America ever. Yeah. No way. I was no. hoping you'd mention that. I was no, like, like I had never. That's even, the segue, honey. Yeah, <laughs> like I had never even gone. To, like I'm from Pakistan. I'd never even been back home. Yeah. The only trips I had made were like, LA, like Florida, like East Coast, West Coast, mm-hmm. Canada. Like that was it. Yeah. So it was a bit of a jump. I had this friend who's like a mentor of mine. She's low-key like my mom. And she was like, oh my God, what? You're going for three months to East Africa and you've never been anywhere before? So I thought it would be like a really big adjustment, but I actually surprisingly like didn't find that difficult at all. My first impression, I think was just like, because I was so excited. It was just taking it all in. Yeah. Like I don't think I had like, I don't even, I just remember landing and it was dark because we got there at like 9 p.m. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, I'm here. Like, I don't, I don't remember any particular, like, impression. I just think I was so like clouded by excitement, twenty four seven. Yeah, that's like what it was. Yeah, yeah. And because yeah. it was like your first solo trip to, I mean, you went with other students, but yeah. this is the first time, like, for a long time, you were away from yeah. like home and family. And yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. yeah. So yeah. probably a lot to take in, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when you first arrived, mm-hmm. you may not have a like specific time that you thought, you know, like this is all different. But was there any time during your trip? that you were kind of like, well, I'm not in North America, or I'm not in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of moments. It's so funny because, like, me and my roommates, like, I'm really lucky. We got along really well. So, like, we would literally sit down in our living room, like, every night and just talk about our day and be like, yo, yeah. this was weird. This was interesting. Yeah. Like, we just kind of talk about our experiences together. Um, I feel like for me, because, like I said, the excitement was just so, like, grand when I first got there that everything was so exciting like I was like this is so cool like I wasn't really faced by a lot of differences but I think like when I reached like the one and a half two month point I was like okay what's going on here because mm. like in the beginning everything was so exciting and then I think I hit a point where like I, I didn't understand how to nav- navigate a lot of things and whereas in the beginning it was like a challenge and it was exciting like maybe at that point I, I was starting to be like okay I'm not North American anymore. I need to figure out how things get done. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, and like Razi remembers this moment because I was like messaging her. Um, <laughs> like I had a moment where like my laptop was stolen and like oh, I had missed my train and like oh, it was no. just a whole sequence yeah. of like events back and forth. And that moment, I remember being like, I have no idea what to do. Like I had lost it in the hospital, but the way things work there is really different so like I reported it but everyone was like you know I don't think you're gonna find it unless you possibly potentially bribe someone and I was like okay but it was just it was just trying to figure out like what to do and then even like missing my my train I was like I don't even know where I am like I don't know how to get to because I had to meet my friends um at the coast like the next day Mm -hmm. so there was just a lot of moments where I was like, I have no idea like what to do, but you just kind of figure it out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. another thing I was just like really quickly thinking about is that like I remember on your like your Instagram feed, and you probably saw it too, like all the pictures of like you literally next to giraffes yeah. and like zebras oh. and like all the safari stuff trips that you took. Like, mm, how yeah. was that? Like, I or, like even like the sunset pictures and things. I was like, that probably in real life being there probably felt like overwhelming. Honestly, it was so surreal, and I think about it now and. 
I don't know. I, t- I tell my sister all the time, I'm like, I feel like it didn't happen. Like, yeah. I came back yeah. here, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it was so drastic. Like, yeah. you know, at a point where you're like, you're like seeing wildlife so up close and mm. it's so surreal. And then you like come back here and I'm like, did that three months actually happen? Like, it's just, it was, yeah, it was super surreal. Um, but the safaris were definitely, I, I realized that could have been a prime answer to like, when did you realize you were not in North America? Oh, when there was a draft <laughs> right in front of me. But um, interestingly enough, I had a friend message me and be like, are you at African Lions Safari? I was like, what the hell? Are you serious? You're no. Serious? <laughs> I was like, no. Is that what I'm African not, Lions Safari looks like? I'm not no. at African Lions Safari. Um, but That's yeah, so yeah. Funny. That again. <laughs> I was like, I did not come all the way over here. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the safaris were definitely super fun and interesting. Yeah, but I guess when you're talking about moments where you felt like you were not in North America, yeah. like, like was there any culture shock? Which I'm, su- I'm assuming there was some sort of culture shock. Yeah, you know what's super interesting is like I couldn't put my finger on it for a while, but like, like socially, like people like interact very differently mm-hmm. there too, and it was so funny because like one of my friends who was also on an exchange in Nairobi, she's from Cameroon originally, and like I remember once we were. We were walking to, um, like, one of my friends had invited us to, like, her grandma's house. So we were, like, taking this walk, like, somewhere in, like, this rural area. And it was, like, uphill. And we were, like, anyway, that's that's <laughs> kind of, like, setting the stage for our conversation. Yeah. But I remember her being, like, you know, I don't understand why in Canada people just smile at you out of nowhere. Like, why do people smile at you if they don't mean it? <laughs> and I was, like, what? Like, you know how, like, here everyone is very, like, courteous but almost yeah. in a fake way mm-hmm. I hadn't even realized that until like I had so many conversations with people that were like you know why is everyone so fake in North America or like mm-hmm. I just remember like it was so interesting because yeah. they're like you know over here it's like so easy for us to just be like hey how are you but like do we actually care like how your day is going that's, yeah that's true it's kind of like you're you're meant to ask even yeah, though you don't really mean it but I think yeah. like it was it was different because I feel like all the interactions there were a lot more like raw and like authentic and mm-hmm. like, people are so much more authentic so I think that in the beginning I was trying to tease out what that difference was yeah. and then when when my friend had just said that she's like why people smile at you out of nowhere in North America like I don't understand I was like oh like it's just I don't know like that yeah. was kind yeah. of like the shock of being like okay people are more authentic here and I liked that difference though like it was like kind of something I wanted to bring back with me mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. cool and so I'm, was this your first time traveling alone like in, in general um well, I had like, I had like gone to California on my own once before, but I was on my own. But like, a condition of me going was mm. to like have somebody on the flight okay. with me there and back. So like, my roommate, like we were flying together. On the way there, we were flying with a bunch of people that were part of our program. Mm-hmm. So like, I was on my own, but I, like I wouldn't say that it was exactly a solo trip because like, yeah. luckily we had like ten people. Okay. So in the beginning, whenever we had to do things, it was like all of us would go to the bank together. All of us <laughs> would like go renew our visas together. Yeah. So it was like. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was completely alone, because if I was, it would be a totally different experience. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, was there ever a time you had to navigate, like, the space on your own, if you had to, yeah? Yeah, so <laughs> interestingly enough, it was the day my laptop got stolen. Okay. Yeah, because it was, like, the one day that both of my roommates were not there, and I think that everybody else who lived in our, like, apartment complex was, like, traveling elsewhere, to like, mm-hmm. different parts of Kenya. One girl had gone to Dubai, which was, like so interesting um but um yeah it was so cool uh, but um it was well, super hey, it was, closer right so I was, you it was are, super it was cool like, it was super cool she's dope um she's <laughs> like you're in the car anyways uh, but um it was like that well. moment where i was like oh crap like nobody was there and my yeah. laptop was gone i had missed my train so that was definitely like a 
like a learning experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, trying to figure out how to navigate it on my own, trying to figure out where the police station was, and like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The reason I ask is because I've, like, I've also never done a solo trip, but I've mm-hmm. done the thing, like, when I was in, this past summer when yeah. I was in Budapest, I traveled alone to meet a friend in Budapest, mm-hmm. and so, like, right away, because she had been living there for a long time, I kind of latched onto her and was like, okay, hey, show me everything, I'm going to stick by you. Mm-hmm. But then, at some points, I had to you know, figure out the space by yourself, and also when you're yeah. in a country when you're visibly don't look like everybody else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that can sometimes be difficult. So For sure. it's yeah. interesting how we have to like learn to navigate and kind of just and like, push that. away our insecurities and push away, you know, yeah. that discomfort and and just go for it. <laughs> yeah, and there's always just like even like the like logistical things like language barrier, like that it just too, that yeah. being a huge difference and like mm. some, like I know Kenya's like primarily Muslim, right? Actually, no. No, it's not? No. Oh, when I, I, was in, I was in Nairobi, um, like the city, which was maybe like 20% Muslim, but okay. I had traveled alone to Mombasa to visit a friend mm-hmm. who was there, and that is like, I think like probably 70 to 80. I'm just guessing this number, like yeah. based on what I saw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where I was, wasn't. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, so things like that, even like cultural differences based on mm-hmm. like like the religious like majority there like also mm-hmm. changes the way that you talk to people and stuff like that so I don't yeah. know if you like I find that stuff intimidating sometimes when I'm a com- completely new space again like not considering like America Canada yeah in Europe but like other elsewise you have to be like so like almost extra careful because you're just like I don't want to offend anybody yeah. I just want to uh-huh. get to A to B you know it's so interesting help. because like when you mentioned like being someone who's not visibly from there I found that when I got there there were so many like aspects of my identity that I was reflecting on mm-hmm. like my positionality being a Muslim being a South Asian mm-hmm. being a student being Canadian so luckily like for some reason people it was so weird. Like, there were some moments where people could tell I was not Kenyan. Mm-hmm. And then other moments where people were just like, yeah, you're Kenyan, you're from Mombasa, which was, like, this area on the coast that was primarily Muslim. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in some moments, I looked like I could somewhat blend in. If anything, like, wearing my hijab, like, a turban, like, actually, in Nairobi, that was, that was, that was not, nor- like, not normal. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I feel like I was kind of able to seem like I fit in in some instances Mm -hmm. whereas in others like I totally didn't um yeah English was not a problem yeah yeah in Nairobi like everyone speaks English um in Mombasa not so much like if I was in the market I just wouldn't talk and I would just leave (laughs) everything up to my friend yeah um but yeah I just reflected so much on like those different aspects of my identity being there and like even being Canadian like the fact that I was able to get actually the process of getting my visa was like actually really weird but like it being Canadian it's something that would have came so easily whereas I had other friends from like other countries who were trying to go abroad for their practicums and they were like struggling because mm-hmm. they're like it's going to be really hard for me to get a visa to come here and yeah yeah I yeah, feel like that's something we definitely much. take for granted yeah, and I never English. thought about it until I had to travel exactly. places exactly. and found that like there was people with certain passports that wouldn't get access mm-hmm. to countries mm-hmm. or and it wasn't as easy for them to like you know have the same experiences as us so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's definitely a blessing to have a Canadian passport full on privilege yeah, yeah honestly privilege. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. speaking of experiences and kind of in the same realm but was there anything that before going to Kenya was did anybody like caution you or did were there any stereotypes that were kind of placed on you to make you more cautious going to East Africa because I know that it happened sometimes like even mm-hmm. when I went to Europe my mm-hmm. parents were like Europe you're gonna be like you're gonna be thought you're a terrorist people are gonna come after yeah. you you know stuff like yeah. that and that makes yeah. you more cautious but then when you actually get there you're like oh I don't 
it, you know, like obviously there's danger wherever mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. But when you get to the place you are, you're like, oh, I didn't really need to worry as much yeah. as I thought I was going to have to even worry. Even when people like us go to the U.S., right? Like how many yeah. people are scared people for are so you, scared to go right? yeah. to the U.S. and stuff like yeah. that. And you're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. And then you get there and you're like, fine. Like, exactly. Yeah. So I think like the first thing that comes to mind is like this one friend who told me, he was like, just to let you know, Nairobi's nickname is Nairobi. So, like, that was just in my head, like, as soon as I got there. And it's so funny because, like, there's this meme of, like, I forgot what it was, but it's basically, like, this meme where, like, some girl is taking out money from the bank and, like, her friends are, like, guarding her. And it's, like, the things you do for your friends. And I was like, oh, my God, that was actually me and my friends the first month in I was about to say Nairobi. In Nairobi. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So, like, I feel like our first couple of weeks there because of that like stereotype we were Mm -hmm. super super vigilant like things that we were carrying like you know who was walking with who and like what times we were going out um and before I left we had undergone like this training um like the safety abroad training with part of our university and they were like in the beginning you're going to be really vigilant and then when you get more comfortable you're going to get to a like this place where you're a little bit too comfortable but you have to continue to be vigilant Mm -hmm. I definitely got to that point because there are moments where I was like yeah I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go walk to like this I'm gonna go walk to the grocery store at like 10 p.m like I was like I got to a point where I was so comfortable where clearly like you know my laptop also did get stolen (laughs) so it was like (laughs) moments where like yeah so I came with that stereotype like was like yeah not a big deal totally let go of it and then had to like obviously return to it and be like okay I need to be a little bit more vigilant yeah but yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. well well so on a more personal note what was it like to live even though you were with mm-hmm. you know people from your school and stuff like that mm-hmm. what was it like to live on your own for the first time be so far away from home for like a long period of time like w- did you feel that you had like a life-changing experience mm-hmm. or any homesickness um I think it was definitely an experience. I think living on my own made me, like, so much more reflective and, like, cognizant of, like, my habits. Mm. Or, like, I didn't realize that I was, like, such a structured person until, like, I got there and I was living with other people and I was, like, so, guys, like, we're going to go here on Saturday at, like, 9 a.m., right? And, like, we're going to work, like, tonight from, like, 5 to 7 p.m., right? <laughs> like, I'm, like, very scheduled and, like, um, is <laughs> like, I know that. <laughs> She's just, like, laughing. But I guess it just makes you mindful of, like, your habits. Also surprises you with how much you can you could deal with on your own. Mm. Um, yeah. What was the second part of the question? I'm so sorry. <laughs> just basically, like, were you feeling any homesickness? Surprisingly, yeah, no. What was, what was different? Because, like, the, the, again, like, you just pointed to the fact that you had never left, mm-hmm. like, North America, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. You're going to Kenya out of all places, right? Which isn't, like, typically, like, a, mm-hmm. what is considered a vacation destination. Even though, really, like, the beaches are, like, beautiful. Yeah. They're stunning. Um, and, like, and on top of that, you're not with your family. You're not with, mm-hmm. like, your sister. Usually you go with family even if you're going to Cali, right? So what about that was different, like, because... I don't, again, like, on your day-to-day basis, you had to feed yourself. You had to, like, you know, get make sure stuff gets done, and you're working there. It's not like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. there for leisure, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I wasn't too homesick. Um, I guess, again, like, the excitement, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're just so excited being there. There were moments, like, I was there for both Eids. So, like, I remember Eid al-Fitr, which was, like, two weeks until when I got there. Yeah. I was, like, so sad. I was, like, I want to be my family right now. Yeah. Like, I was, like, ah. Like, I think it was Eid's, like, Ramadan. Like, I was there, actually, for, like, the last A 10 days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, those moments, I was feeling mm-hmm. really, really homesick. And, like, you know, moments also where you're just, like, oh, my God, I'm really struggling. Like, I just want to talk to my mom. But there was, like, moments like that, too. But so cute. for the most part, I think I was okay. Or, like, even... Um, 
<laughs> whenever I was cooking, I would literally FaceTime her and be like, okay, what oh. do I do now? <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I love Pakistani food until yeah. I got there, and that's all that I made, because right. I just needed to fulfill that craving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually, like, I thought it would be a challenge, but yeah. it ended up being okay, actually. And I think it's, it was because, luckily, like, I had people there that were such a great support system, and mm-hmm. like, we literally like really help each other out, yeah. so it was yeah. useful in that regard. And I just remembered something too. Not like another thing you missed out on was the rafters thing. I remember you were in Kenya. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you're oh like, my god. Bless you, I'm missing oh everything. God. I oh want to be at the parade. Oh my god! I was up. Oh my god! Okay, first of all, so there was like what four or five games <laughs> that, that I was. Oh my god! Now I'm like triggered. There was like four <laughs> games, and I never woke up for any of them because the time difference it was eight yeah. hours, so oh, shoot, it was yeah. four a.m. our time. I think two or three games, like, my friends that were, like, we were all living within our apartment complex, like, they would get together and, like, meet up and watch the game together at, like, 4 a.m. I didn't wake up for any of them. I was, like, okay, like, not that dedicated. Until, like, the last game when I was, like, this is where we make it or break it. Like, I need to know. And I think that was the day where everyone was just kind of watching it on their own. Mind you, like, maybe TMI, I was also sick. Like, we had just came back from a safari, you know, when Uh, you're, like, not used to the food. So I was, like, like, up at, like, 4 a.m., sick, like kind of like trying not to vomit but like watching this game so intensely and my roommates were totally not interested at all so when we won at 4 a.m i literally flung their doors open i'm like guys we made history you need to wake up right now but yeah that was that was definitely a homesick moment because everyone was going crazy but that night we did go out to this place called carnivore where they like serve things like alligator and zebra and ostrich we were like let's go somewhere crazy to celebrate yeah speaking of food like what what yeah because you're just (laughs) not touching at that that's pretty huge like did you try any of those things knowing you both of you are picky eaters (laughs) i'm such a picky eater i'm already like first of all ostrich tasted weird i didn't like it my friends liked it but I've never tried that. I don't know. It was, like, weirdly... Also, I was sick, too. So I was like, I'm not eating anything weird. Right, right. Alligator, I, don't, I didn't eat, because, like, apparently it's not halal. So I was like, whatever. I'm really not missing out on anything, not eating yeah. alligator or crocodile. <laughs> I, I can't remember which one it was. Um, honestly, I was so boring. I just went with the chicken. I suck with the chicken and the beef. I tried <laughs> the ostrich. Like, yeah. like, just for the sake of saying it. Just for the sake of being like, I tried ostrich, but, like, yeah, no. I guess ostrich, like, it kind of looks like chicken, right? Like, it was once really it's cooked. Pink, it was really pink. Oh. It looked like cold cuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, no, I wouldn't like I that wouldn't eat it. No. Nope. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I eat no. raw stuff all the time, but that, if it's not fish, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it, it was cooked, but it just, like, looked really weird. I don't know, whatever. That's weird. It's, it's odd. <laughs> Apparently, they, like, normally serve zebra there, but now it's, like, illegal to serve yeah, zebra. Like yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot of, like... That kind of stuff. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Did did you ever get the chance to like um, interact with like locals and stuff there? Oh yeah. I find that that would be interesting. So like that's what I was saying before in terms of like I was so lucky that we were actually placed at a health center because like so there was volunteers from the universities that would come there every Tuesday and like Tuesdays are like so much fun Mm -hmm. because they were all there and like um, I think one of my favorite favorite moments of Kenya like despite all the safaris and all these big like touristy things was when my friend Sharon, if you're listening to this, hi Sharon, <laughs> she um, um, invited us to her um, grandmother, not her grandmother's, her aunt's dowry ceremony at her grandmother's house. So it wasn't in Nairobi, it was like in a village outside Nairobi. There were so many things that I probably wouldn't have done if I like did not make friends from Faraja. Mm-hmm. So like taking things like matatu, so matatu is like a, a 
bus there kind of thing. Cute. I remember my supervisor beforehand being like, do not take a matatu. They are not regulated. Your insurance will not cover it. But like, we were like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's just, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to experience this, but I probably wouldn't have if I hadn't gone with my friends. And like things like, um, again, there was the fear of like being pickpocketed while in matatus. So um, yeah, like taking matatus with them. Um, so we had gone to like her grandmother's house to go to her aunt's dowry ceremony, which honestly felt like I was back home, like at another mm. family party. It was so fun. It was on her grandmother's farm too. So Aww. we were looking at like, they had like all these fields and it was just, honestly, that was probably my favorite moment because we actually got to witness something that was like, um, specific to the culture mm-hmm. and it's like, traditional yeah, yeah yeah that's pretty dope and there were so many moments too where they were like take us around show us places where we probably wouldn't have gone to on our own yeah um encouraged me to take bodas which was fun like which those are? motorbikes okay oh. that like again people are gonna advise you never yeah. to take yeah. mm-hmm. but like yeah. yeah I'm glad I made like a lot of friends there who encouraged me to try and do like more local things because I don't think my experience would have been the same. Yeah, I, I always think like whenever you travel abroad, that's the best way to get to know mm. this the mm-hmm. place you're in because mm-hmm. who knows it better than the locals themselves, exactly. right? Exactly. exactly. I actually wrote a blog piece. <laughs> it was called like tourism versus travel versus living that local life because while I was there, I interacted with the whole idea of tourism and travel so much. Um, like I remember in anthropology, I took this course called the Anthropology of Tourism and about how it's like rooted in this exploitative industry Mm -hmm. and over there in Nairobi there's so many expats um there's so many people that are there working for the UN and so a lot of the a lot of the tourist stuff there kind of caters to like a western audience Mm -hmm. and in a way like you're not really homesick because the malls there are so great and like the coffee shops are just like Starbucks so like you fit in very well but I feel like I really got lost in that tourist trap in my first one or two months being there and then um, when I went to Mombasa to visit my friend who was living there, um, that's when I was like, okay, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> like, I've been I've been going to all of these, like, very touristy things. And then, um, yeah, I guess once you, like, open yourself up to, like, living it more locally and, like, being more immersed in that experience, it was, like, totally different. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. But, and are there, like, because I, I, you just mentioned, like, I'm just curious. I'm asking this completely out of the blue. But, like... <laughs> Sorry, but just because there's like, just because like I know like with any country that you go to, there's like segmented like cultures and like there's like yeah there's like the Muslim religious group or whatever, and then there's the the more native tribe or whatever to the country or Mm -hmm. you know in there's like like segments and pockets and like depending on where you are and what region of that country, it's night and day difference almost. So like Mm -hmm. was it was it different talking to some people within like Nairobi Nairobi like the capital and whatever, where it's more urban and more developed I guess, and Mm -hmm. then you're going to Mombasa and it's like completely different like experience like what's Mm -hmm. the purely asking out of curiosity yeah it was totally different Mombasa had a completely different vibe than Nairobi well at least maybe I think it was the way I experienced Mombasa because like I was with a friend who was like living there very locally like she was a York student who was doing her thesis Mm -hmm. project there but like she had like ties there like she had a lot of family there and like friends so she was living a lot more locally so I guess the way I experienced it was different like in the beginning Nairobi was very like it was like a city. It was like very commercial, and um, like we were accessing a lot of those like westernized spaces. So my experience with Mombasa and Nairobi was different. Um, in terms of the groups, it's interesting because there's like a lot of South Asian people in Kenya. So I'm Pakistani, yeah. just mm-hmm. as a like background. So, um, but for me, it was so. I, again, I don't want to generalize and make any kind of like generalizable statements, but for me, it was so like weird to witness that dynamic because I thought I would be going there and like uh, like potentially meeting like friends who are also South Asian who had lived in Kenya and I actually had a friend who I knew from UTSC 
um, who I met up with, and it was super great. He was cool. super great. Yeah, it was yeah. a great experience. But like aside from that, I had noticed that there's like a really big divide, um, and this is like common knowledge. I guess I just only noticed that when I went yeah. between like South Asians and people that are actually local there. Um, so for me, it was really odd to navigate um, because it's almost like there's a lot of South Asian people there that kind of live in their own bubble and are almost mm-hmm. considered like the elite. Oh, I see what you're saying. So for me, it was kind of like really weird to to like witness and to see. So in terms of like the differences between groups, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like there's a certain kind of privilege, like that. Definitely, yeah, like that yeah, over the rest. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like mean, not to say all are. Like, I made some friends who were South Asian and, like, so sweet and so nice. But right. Right. It, it just, it was a weird thing to mm-hmm. notice. Like, a lot of, like, the shop owners were, like, yeah. South Asian or, like, yeah, like, the whole history of, like, them being there, too, was, like, kind of reflected in the everyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was only going to say, I asked that only because I remember when I went to Dubai the last time, it was kind of that experience of, like, okay, so you go there knowing you're going to do the touristy things, like, see the... Uh, Burj Al Khalifa or whatever, like the really tall tower mm-hmm. there and all these other things. But then you're also considering, I want to talk to the locals there because that's how you access that country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing in Dubai there is that if you're like truly from that country, like your family's history has been from being in Dubai, I, I don't get the chance to talk to you because like they're considered the elite there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're truly yeah. from Dubai, yeah, 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 yeah. you're wearing like the sparkly abaya with the Gucci sunglasses. Yeah. Like I can, <laughs> I can pinpoint you, but I also can't talk to you. So yeah. again, like even when I was there, I was not talking to any of those like, like locals there. I was talking to people who came there as immigrants to work. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. every single person I was talking to. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, my family's back home, but I'm here to make money. And and so it's interesting, like the dynamic of what you consider to want to learn what a country's about, but really it ends up becoming an immigrant story. Like just that, that mm-hmm. I was like really curious about. Interesting. But yeah. I wanted to ask um, if anybody is like listening and if anybody is listening to this podcast <laughs> um, and they're thinking of visiting Kenya what would be mm. your top things that you loved about the country that you would you know yeah. tell them to recommend the country um, mm. and what are your I guess top tips on how yeah. to navigate yeah and not necessarily places too like it could be anything yeah like mm. just in general from what you've learned in your time there good question um <laughs> oh my god, I have to think about what my top... Okay, so a top thing to visit would probably be Masai Mara. I actually didn't even go. Um, but there's like... <laughs> I didn't go, but it was like a big regret. So I would, yeah. I would like recommend it to anybody. It's basically like the top safari there. So I went to Amboseli, which was a safari where you could see like Kilimanjaro in the background. So that was super wow. cool. We saw a lot of elephants. But Masai Mara is unique in the sense that like there's a lot of game. Like you can see a lot more lions and cheetahs. Mm-hmm. And we were there at a time where the Great Migration was happening, so it's when like wildebeests migrate through the Serengeti. Um, there's this scene in Lion King, you know, when like yeah. how Mufasa dies yeah, with all yeah, those yeah. wildebeests running, like you literally see that. Yeah, like whoa. it's like this. I think it's actually considered um, like a natural wonder. But anyway, like I was there yeah, during that walk. time. Yeah. It, the timelines and stuff didn't end up like allowing me to go. But if anybody does go, I would definitely recommend Masai Mara. Um, a little bit outside Nairobi. I would de- recommend Mombasa because it's like such a stark contrast from the actual city and it's a lot more of a cultural experience. There's a place in Mombasa called Fort Jesus. Um, it's like the port and it's so interesting because you can see like the history um, like in the architecture of that area. So there's like a really strong like Portuguese, Omani, uh, Arab history in that area because I think mm-hmm. it's like the port so there was a lot of like 
um, Tra- travel and, and trade, trade in that mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So, like, I just remember being so blown away by that whole, like, experience mm-hmm. in Mombasa because it was so different. The history was so rich. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's not so touristy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. There was this one place called Hashmi's that had the best, like, literally the best food I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was, like... Indian barbecue in Nairobi like I dream about it now it's amazing (laughs) it was like the best food I've ever had in my life that and then probably giraffe center that was like this place where you could see um there was like these giraffes like it's just you could take pictures with them sometimes people kiss them which I thought was low-key kind of gross but (laughs) they do for the pictures um there's actually a place beside it called giraffe manor which is like where you can literally stay that's overnight. So it oh, is so heard, bougie. That's the place where like all the celebrities go, right? Yes. And they have breakfast with the yes, giraffes. Yes, and the giraffes are just yeah, chilling I've as you're like reading that. the paper. I've heard about that. So, like, we looked at it from a picture. No idea what the hell this is. It's so expensive. I have no idea what the hell You've never heard of this? Ellen no. went. It's okay. Oh my god, so <laughs> apparently Ellen has a vegan cafe in this place called Karen. Oh. Which in I, Kenya. Yeah, in Kenya. I didn't get a chance to check it out. But Ellen has a vegan cafe in Karen. I wish I had checked that out. But also, like, I don't really regret because there's other cooler things to do. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting fact. That and apparently Lapita, yeah. Lapita's dad works for the... Something about... There's something about him, like, working in Kenya. I forgot what the tie was, yeah. but I was on a search to see if Lapita was in Kenya at the mm-hmm. time, but she wasn't. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't mention Pride Rock. I was like... Oh, my God, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I knew I was missing something. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Hell's Gate, which is the place that... Lion King was supposed to be based off was a little bit underwhelming. Was it? Um, I I still loved it because we were literally biking like beside zebras and giraffes. Like it was, it was so surreal, and I loved it. But I couldn't tell which one was Pride Rock. (laughs) So (laughs) Loki is a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, and I I even I would send pictures to my friends and be like, guys, this is Pride Rock, and they're like, uh, yeah, it doesn't really look that cool. (laughs) Like I don't think. I don't think I saw what was actually what like Pride Rock was actually based off of because there's so many there and like we didn't have a tour guide for our biking portion. Okay. And then we ended up like not being able to see like this gorge area, like the place where like Mufasa died, like this. You know, remember yeah, that like little, really yeah, cool yes. swervy yeah. place? We had like seen a little bit of it. Um, it was a little bit underwhelming. It didn't like fully meet my expectations, but it was still like so amazing. Like I would definitely still recommend Hell's right. Gate. It was super fun, super tiring. Yeah, that day was. That day was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I remember we had come back. We went with a local tour company, and so we were on the way back, and we were, like, so tired on the bus. And, like, <laughs> we got into an accident on the way back. Oh, my God. It was just hell? such an eventful day. Like, I think our our truck, like, hit a matatu. Oh. You know those moments where you're so tired, and then something <laughs> happens, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> I don't know. I just had that random flashback. But Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I know one thing right before you get to your tips that you yeah. mentioned. Um, uh, Kenyan music. Somebody has oh, like yeah. a full playlist full of them now. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So my friends there were like, uh, I love them so much. Anyway, they were a lot of them were mus- musicians. So um, on Tuesdays when they would come to Faraja, like a lot of them would just like pull out their guitars or like just start oh, singing. Yeah. And like yeah. whenever like we would have parties at my manager's house, like everyone would just start getting up and like dancing. And like this one day we had like our go away thing. Um, one of our supervisors like held a party for us at our manager's house and like. Our friends literally just sat us down, like, in front of their laptop, and they're like, okay, these are the top Kenyan hits, and they're, like, teaching us, like, all these dance moves, and, like, <laughs> honestly, that was, like, probably one of my favorite parts, too. And yeah. I still have my playlist, you and I still it. listen to it, and I still reminisce. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Thank you, Jude. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Them. So you know what you might want to. Yeah. What are your top tips? Tips for like if for someone who's not from Kenya that wants to travel and wants to navigate. What are your top tips? Probably to like learn a little bit of Swahili before you go, even if you're in Nairobi, like just to know like some of the basics. I was so surprised by the fact that I would. I remember I was talking to one security guard at the hospital, and I had literally just said like Mambo or, or Jamba, which means hi, and I went through, and he was like, "Why are you going with the Canadian students? You're Kenyan." And I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm with them." <laughs> and he's like, "No, but you said Mambo," and I'm like, "Anybody can say Mambo." <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I think just learning the language will give you like a lot of leverage. Um, let's just know, just go like learning basic Swahili. Another thing that like me and my roommates would often laugh about, and one thing that one of them particularly said that made me laugh so hard was like, she was like, nothing is free in Nairobi. So just be prepared to like, there's moments where like people will help you or like, you know, people will like assist you with things. Just mm-hmm. always have a few shillings with you because <laughs> at the end of the day, like, yeah, nothing's free. <laughs> um, there were moments like at my airport, people would be like, we'll help you, we'll help you. And my roommate would be like, no, that means you have to pay them. They're just coming and they're trying to get yeah. you to like, you know, yeah. make money. So that was something that I always remembered. Um, and I think my last one would be like, try to live that local experience. Like try to, I know it's harder when you're like going for tourist purposes or if you're only going to be there for a short period of time. Like I was lucky in the sense that I was there for like three months so mm-hmm. I could really build um, connections and friendships. But like try to try to do things the non-traditional way and like try to live that local experience because it's like very different. I, I don't know if like uh, I don't know how we're doing for time, but in terms of like I guess just to like since you're like reflecting on your trip right now and I, it's been some time, so I think mm-hmm. like yeah. just pulling back on memories and stuff. Yeah, I really I I <laughs> forgot about Hell's Gate. You had to remind yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Take out all those things away. Um, is there like one? particular experience that kind of summarized your your trip in, in terms of like okay that was what Kenya was about like when I look back on Kenya this is what I'm going to remember because this is what it ca- like at this time at this age that I'm at like this is what it meant to me is <laughs> <laughs> like no <laughs> I'm literally running through like month one month two month three in my head right now trying to see if there was one moment well, I feel like our like a take a takeaway it doesn't have to be a specific moment mm-hmm. in time because like I feel like we come back from uh, trips often saying like you were saying earlier like how you're like okay I learned by the second month that I was in there like what travel really means right it, mm-hmm. it, it is to talk to people directly who are there mm-hmm. um, and I know like for me sometimes when I come back from trips is when I realize oh wait actually like especially coming back from trips in the U S no offense like I'm like oh shoot we actually have a lot of great things going us going for mm-hmm. us here mm-hmm. that like in terms of feeling safe or you know mm-hmm. the fact that there's a lot of, a lot of halal food here great privilege you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that so um just something like you know what it would be I think it would be this one time we were at a party at my manager's house and it was like all of our work friends mm-hmm. and it was it was the same day that we had gone to like the commissioner's house the commissioner of Canada which was like a very absurd experience and then we had gone to like um my manager's house and it was I don't, even, I don't think that was a go away party I think it was just it was a go away party for the volunteers that were working at the health center um and I just remember, like, being so happy that I had, like, built so many, like, good friendships in the country and, like, just felt so fulfilled and, like, just so happy to have had that experience because it was just so much fun. We were there, like, pretty late. Um, that was the day that they were, like, teaching us Kenyan dances. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that was probably my one takeaway moment because I remember really enjoying myself that night. And it, we weren't on a safari. We weren't, like, at a mall. We were literally just in his backyard, like, yeah. 
around a bonfire, like just chilling. Yeah. I think that was probably my favorite. And I'm getting so sad remembering it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like sometimes the connections we make when we travel, like with the people, whether they're locals or not, like yeah. just pe- meeting new mm-hmm, people and being mm-hmm. in a new space, yeah. can connect people in a in an, like a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes those are like the best memories you have because yeah. you can always refer back. Like now you'll have friends in Kenya, so if anytime you want to go back to Kenya, you'll be like, hey, <laughs> hey girl, I know all these people I'm here. Like, you know, I can just go I back it's nice to have international networks, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And even, like, you were saying, even if it's not with people that are local, like, I think my other really memorable experience was when we were at Diani Beach, and this was with my friends from U of T. Mm-hmm. And there was one night we, we had a villa, and, like, we were just all staying up till, like, one or two, just chilling outside on the porch. And, like, that was probably one of my favorite memories, too. Because mm-hmm. it was, like, all of us U of T students just chilling and, like, having a really good time. Um, yeah, just having, like, deep conversations enjoying that whole beach atmosphere so yeah that was probably one of my favorites too yeah I would definitely say like yeah because now you have you have a group of people who have the shared experience yeah. right so now when you want to reminisce about Kenya you can just go be like guys remember when all this happened and you're everybody can understand you I sometimes like to say shared trauma yeah. but yeah <laughs> <Shared> trauma. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome okay I think we're I think that was a great that was a great yeah. discussion mm-hmm. about Kenya kind of full circle of information mm-hmm. um, but just before we wrap up I we want to give you a, like a chance to plug yourself and mention anything like where you are at on social media anything you want to mention in terms of yeah, plug what you're doing <laughs> Interesting. What's your makeup about? What's she doing? <laughs> not really an influencer, but okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess you can follow me at underscore Ramaisa, R-U-M-A-I-S-A-A. Um, currently in the process of potentially starting up a blog, but it's been a process. Like, I'm still looking at the things that I've written. And, you know, when you have things out there and you're like, you want to make sure that it's perfect before you put it out there and you want to make sure you have enough content so that's something to potentially look out for um i guess i'll share the url when it actually does launch but yeah yeah. whenever we find out we'll put it out there on our yeah absolutely yeah 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 sounds good well thank you so much for sharing your stories and experiences with us it was great having you on the podcast thanks you guys like i said i made it in life (laughs) on your podcast so oh my god all right awesome guys thanks guys for watching and listening sorry sorry we always say this it's like no one's watching no one's watching watching me in my like pajamas right now (laughs) um if you guys have any comments to give us please leave them down in youtube we're also available on itunes spotify soundcloud soundcloud i lied soundcloud SoundCloud. (laughs) uh we have a gmail address as always instagram twitter all those fun places and if you have and guys want to ask Ramesa any questions super available if you have your own Kenya stories you want to share mm-hmm. also yeah. super ready for that um and yeah we'll talk to you guys on the next one Bye.